Welcome to episode three of the VHS Academy, a podcast where we go back to a simpler time of home entertainment when all you have to do is hop into the back of your parents' minivan and drive to the nearest video rental store. I'm Austin. And I'm Rachel. So what movie are we talking about today? Today, we're going back to 1982 to discuss E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh. You know, this is... um not that we have such a long history of this show, but this is the first movie that we've watched to discuss on the show um, that was not created during like our lifetime. Yes, this predates predates both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so it was certainly, obviously, we both would have missed the theatrical release, and if there were any re-releases, I don't think I've ever seen it in theaters. Um, so certainly this would have only been available to me on home Home video, pretty much. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this was one that aired on TV or not, but I think I definitely um, watched it on on video first, on video cassette. Yeah, I definitely did as well. Do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Um, Well, not really. Mm. You know, I feel like it's one of those movies that I've always just been kind of aware of. And maybe, I mean, maybe it was one that was on TV and I'd seen bits here and there. Um, it was one that I think was, per- that I feel like I was probably aware of it, of more of my my older brother's first experience with the movie. Oh, yeah? Um, what happened? Well, apparently, apparently he must have seen part of it when he was very young. Uh-huh. Like, it was, I don't think you necessarily watched, I don't know if you watched the whole thing or not. I feel like he was, he was at someone's, you know, they were visiting a, visiting someone's house or something and it was on and he watched part of it and it apparently gave him like a terrible nightmare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so this has forever been the movie that gave my brother nightmares. Oh no. And so I've always kind of almost known it from that context. So I probably didn't see it as early because that was always a thought. Right. Like, like honestly, I'm not sure when I first saw it. Like I've always been aware of it and probably have seen clips and stuff here and there, you know, parts of it on TV, but... Um, it's not exactly in the family movie night queue, right? No, it was <laughs> it was forbidden for a long time. It was caused some caused some problems for my brother. So, oh, sad. How about you? Um, I, I think I had a similar experience. Not that any of my siblings were necessarily like deeply fearful of it, but um, or had a frightful experience, I should say. But for me, my experience with the movie was always pretty fragmented, you know, where I do feel like it was one of those where it was like I was familiar with parts of it. So I'm not sure if I had just seen bits of it growing up and, you know, maybe some of that was on TV. But I do think that at one point I have a distinct memory of sitting down with my family and like watching it um, just because I kind of remember some of my you know, parents commentary. And I'm sure we'll talk about this as we get into the discussion of the movie. Um, but I felt like I needed a lot of things explained to me, um, whatever age I was at. I actually don't remember. I think I was pretty young whenever I saw it, but there was just a lot about the movie that I did not understand. So that wasn't a movie that I really, like, honestly, we watched it last night, and I probably haven't seen that movie in over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Easy. Um, So was it one that you guys watched a lot once you did, or was it kind of like you saw it once and then... 
I think it was that's more pretty like, much it. Yeah, it was more like that. It was more like we just saw it once, and I feel like it was like my parents' initiative, where it was like, "Oh, y'all need to see ET." Like it was just one of those things where it was like, yeah. "We need to watch this because it's you know classic for so many reasons." Right. Very much a 1980s PG in that in that sense uh-huh. of like this is before a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I don't know if necessarily this would have been PG-13, but it's got some pretty. It's you know pretty heavy you know scary imagery but also you know just some thematic elements with like you know death and and that sort of thing um just kind of kind of very heavy concepts for a child um and et just looks you know crazy when he's dying like just i feel like that is definitely a visual memory that i have is just like how you know you know how he very just much much looks like he's just dying. So how so that that does um, that's interesting. So how much do you remember? Like, do you like feel like you had a really good memory of the movie? No, I don't. What it, were like the key things that it was like? This is what I remember from this movie. Okay, and this is gonna be like, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but this will definitely be like a testament to you know the visual stylings of Steven Spielberg. Uh huh. Um, I definitely remember. Um, Elliot outside of the shed and the whole ball toss. Okay. So I remember the ball rolling back out. I, um, but I didn't remember how, why he was out there. Like I didn't realize he was, you know, out there for a pizza or right, anything. Right, right, like, I right. couldn't have told you why he was there. Uh-huh. Um, I have the visual memory of, um, uh, just that whole classroom scene with the frogs. Oh yeah. And particularly when, and I think I remember my dad making a comment because this was one of those instances where I I didn't pick up on what was going on as a child. Like oh, I okay. didn't realize that Elliot and E.T. were connected, so my dad kind of had to explain it. Uh-huh. Um, and so I feel like that in that whole scene, I was confused, and I was like, why is this happening? And then I had just had it explained to me, oh, they're connected, and then that part where um, E.T.'s watching... Um, I guess I think the movie he's watching on TV is The Quiet Man with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara, mm-hmm. and it's you know I I've never seen that movie, but I've, I think it's I think that's the movie that they're watching or he's watching, and like that part where he like I guess John Wayne like kisses Maureen O'Hara, but it looks like they're maybe being you know, I don't know it's like windy in the house that right, they're in, right, 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 and then right. um, so that shot, and then of course you know Elliot kissing that girl, yeah. So that that was another thing that stood out to me, and then the only other part that I really remembered, like you remember that you remembered that, yes, oh I, wow. yeah, I remembered that, um, and of course I'm not counting things that I've seen in you know the pop culture since then. You know, obviously everyone's familiar with the imagery of like. E.T. and the bikes flying over right. the cops and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not counting that stuff. Um, right, yeah. So there's several things that's like most people know of E.T. probably even without even seeing it. Right. So like the flying bikes, him him sitting in the little basket, mm-hmm. um, the light, light up finger. Right. You know, right. and then the obviously the, the cover, I don't know, the poster cover or VHS cover, I don't know, where the fingers are touching. Yeah. Which I actually doesn't exactly happen the way it sh- is portrayed on the photo. Right, now. You know, he does heal his finger at one point, but it's not the whole touching creation of Adam, <laughs> right. like, you know, the painting-type look. Um, yeah. So actually, I remember the light-up finger, and I remember that, but even though that part actually isn't in the movie where they, they quite touch fingers. Right, it's not like Point a on point, you know? Yeah. And then the, the last one I remembered is... Um, 
uh, Elliot ripping all that stuff off of him after E.T. like starts to die and like they disconnect. Oh, wow. That was a very, very visceral memory for me where I was like, like even as a kid, I was like, something really bad is happening. Like uh-huh. I just felt the weight of it. Huh. Um, That's pretty, yeah, some pretty heavy stuff. How about you? To remember. Um, yeah, so definitely all of the big pop culture things I remember. Other things are like... Um, that I remember before we our rewatch was all the stuff with the um, the Reese's pieces. So that's mm. kind of famous, you know, like the candy that they use to lure E.T. back to the house or Elliot uses. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the whole um, history behind that is that they apparently went to, they went to the Mars company to try to get um, um, M&Ms to u- be used in the movie. Right. But they said no, thinking that, like, no, this is going to scare children. We don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> uh, it's a Reese's piece. So I always remember that. This is not on brand um, for us. <laughs> I just remember, um, and this is something I probably remember more later versus something that I remembered from my first viewing mm. is... Um, I did remember that Drew Barrymore is the little girl in that. So yeah. I feel like I always remember that now. Um, though it's certainly when I first watched it, I had no idea who she was. Right. Uh, and she may have not been really anybody at the time exactly. Yeah, she kind of Pretty young a, in her career. Yeah, she had like a gap in her career between her child acting years and then her, you know, older years, I think. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's really anything major. As I was watching it... I feel like I, things were coming back to me a lot. Mm. Like little things that it was just like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Um, like when the dead flowers, as soon as I saw um, Gertie pick up the pot of dead flowers, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to um, bring those back to life. Mm. And so there's like little things throughout where I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this happening. I completely forgot about their connection, Elliot and E.T.'s oh. connection. I actually had forgotten that about that until... Very early on, um, they already show they show that the um, connection has happened. Yeah. So that's one thing that I did want to talk about was um, was ET's and Elliot's connection. Um, I I was actually surprised about how fast it happens, which yeah. I think is interesting. Like I was thinking, like oh. Um, after I watched it, it's kind of just like, you know, you think that that would have had to build up a little bit, like the longer they've been around each other. Oh, but yeah. But it's kind of like E.T. bonded pretty quickly because it was like he, they they had encountered a couple, each other a couple times, like in the, um, at the shed and mm-hmm. the, um, the cornfield behind his house. Um, and then they, and then, um, and then, when he sleeps outside, E.T. appears after he follows his little trail of Reese's pieces. Yeah. Then he lures him upstairs, and then it's like right then, mm. there's that weird connection thing where all of a sudden, Elliot gets tired. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because E.T. is tired. It's kind of weird how it happens. Just all of a sudden, he yawns, and he almost looks like he's going to fall over. Yeah, he yeah. He does this weird, like, where he's standing up straight. Elliot kind of, like, wobbles in a little... In a little circle around, <laughs> and I'm like, is he about to fall out? But he just goes and lays down, yeah, which is weird. So like the con- so I think from there the connection happens pretty quickly. Um, I think it's an interesting um, an interesting take on on you know there's been lots of movies about aliens and mm. people interacting with aliens and stuff like that. I think it's an interesting interesting take. What did you? Uh, 
What did you think about it? Do you think that that like added anything to the story? I think so because, and it does on a lot of different levels and I'll try not to get into all of them just because, you know, I'm still thinking about it quite a bit. But, um, I think, I think the thing that stands out to me about that, like conceptually, it's an interesting idea that they would bond, um, and, you know, the movie sets that up pretty early on, that that's sort of the way that E.T. functions mm-hmm. with his own people. So right. you see all of the little E.T.'s, you know. I like kind of right at the start, it's clear that they're connected when, what you may not realize it until later, but like whenever E.T. Um, starts running away from the people that come up in their trucks. Yeah, yeah. Like they all... You know, they leave, I think, because they sense that they're about to be found. Right. So as he's running away, they're like, we got to get out of here. Unfortunately, we got to leave our friend. But yeah, um, so I think that that is kind of clear from the kind of clear from the start that there was some connection there. Yeah. And I think the thing that stands out to me about that the most is that um, there's a lot of trust placed in the audience to, like, connect those dots yeah, for sure. It's not a very expositional um, movie. Yeah, you no. know, like they never just outright explain exactly like, oh, uh, well, they kind of talk about it a little bit, but like it's very vague. It's never just like, oh, wow, clearly this is a symbiotic race that <laughs> right, right. that functions together in unison and, you know, like they feel each other's feelings and and when when one's sick, they all feel it, and when they're all happy, they're all happy. You know, like yeah. they never like, go into that about the um, um, the life of a uh, this extraterrestrial or whatever. Right. We don't learn anything really about you know, like they 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 have all these medical people looking at ET later, um, and you know they're making some general comments, but I really don't think we ever hear anything about them saying like he has two hearts. Like there's nothing we learn you know, definitively about, you know, the biology of E.T. Um, so, yeah, I think the most interesting thing to me is that, like, um, it doesn't surprise me that I missed that as a child because there is no dialogue about that. And, you know, mm-hmm. children tend to need exposition to understand things, not to enjoy them, but to understand them. Right. So I definitely enjoyed the movie and it didn't hinder my, which I mean, I think that every movie could take a big lesson from E.T. in that idea of like, you really don't have to over explain things. Um, but yeah, that was the kind of the, I, I like the idea that they're, they're connected, but I think what stood out to me more was just, you know, the lack of exposition with that particular part of the story. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was interesting. It definitely makes certain parts um, a little bit more emotional, a little bit more real. Mm. Um, you know, because certainly when you think um, all is lost, um, um, there's kind of like almost. A, I mean, there's basically a dying. You know, a dying scene. There's a death scene. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, ET's dying, and the boy is seemingly dying as well. Now I think I I don't know how I I don't know 100 how I feel about it because it, it it's like the stakes are are super real when it's like they're both dying right and I don't know what the deal is with how you know E T dies but then the boy's fine like the boy returns right back to normal right I don't know if he just like severs the connection to save the boy but then that kills him like 
I kind of think something like yeah. that. That that was my impression. Yeah, because at first when I was like, I don't know if, how I feel about it. Like obviously, you know, it's like I guess it's good the Elliot doesn't die or whatever. Um, but it kind of like for a second there, I'm like, oh well, the stakes suddenly just got cut in half. I see. We think the boy's gonna right. die, and then it doesn't happen. And sometimes when that happens in a movie where it's like, oh wow, the stakes are really real, but then they just fix the problem and you're like well maybe the stakes were never that real like on a rewatch you might say like well the boy's really in no danger like he's right. gonna be perfectly fine okay okay um, yeah yeah but still i mean i think it still serves the story and it was still sad you know you're still trying to figure out what it is that's going on and what's happening um so what other things about um well, let's keep talking about you know et the the alien okay um, so what are the things did you, did you like, not like about, you know, this, this new alien species hmm. that we get introduced to? Do you have any thoughts? I have very mixed emotions about E.T. because... The, the, the creature. The alien. The the alien creature. Yes. Um, because upon rewatching it, there were moments where I was like, this little guy is a lot grosser looking than I remember. Yes. Like he was very off-putting. I this is this is what I wrote down <laughs> when watching it. I just wrote, couldn't he be cuter? <laughs> you know, like Yeah. I don't really want to cuddle E.T. Right. You know, like he's he's a, he's a nice guy. Oh, very nice. And I think he really is smart. Oh, very smart. But like he just looks kind of slimy and his you know his like his face is not cute. No, no, it's not. I will say though that like he became very endearing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I found I found him more endearing. You know, when I probably couldn't see him. So like when he's dressed as the ghost, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that part when he sees the older brother with the you know knife in his head, and yeah. he's like ouch and he's yeah. like no no it's fake it's fake yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and he's hiding in all the stuffed animals yeah yeah you know, there's little cute parts with him but right in spite of him more than anything like i don't think i would have i certainly when i watched this movie i did not want a stuffed et you Which, know what i mean yeah no i do know what you mean and i i, I think that's is it too early to get into the conversation about what this movie would be like if it were made today? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I won't get I, into I it. I thought this too, though. It's like if he's made today, I don't, I don't think he'd look like that. I think they'd make him... He'd be much more cuddly. Like, probably too cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they, yeah. They'd make him almost saccharine and adorable. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, he's pretty off-putting. But I kind of respect the integrity of, you yeah. know, a pre, you know, sort of hyper-saturated toy market. Well, I say that, but the movie itself actually kind of indicates that there is a saturated toy market with, like, movie ties. Uh, Spielberg, you know, throwing his buddy Lucas a bone with... Elliot owning all of the Star Wars oh, yeah. action figures. So I guess that was There's a, a few Star Wars references. Really, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so. The Yoda costume. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, no, I. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that market did exist then, but I wonder if, you know, they, they probably weren't thinking about that as much when they did design the character. Yeah, I mean, I guess they just wanted it to look like a. Like, you know, an alien 
could be crazy looking, you know, yeah. it could be gross and stuff like that. It's just not a very, as a, as far as like a visual, as far as like movie being like a visual medium, you know, it mm. seems surprising that they, they, they went there. Right. You know, yeah. like they made them look like that, you know. I would be curious to hear, you know, the character designer kind of discuss the, the, the thought behind his design. Right, right. Yeah, I, I wonder who all was involved in that. Certainly, a lot of the design and the puppetry, from my understanding, is um, the same guy that did the um, Alien from the Alien franchise. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, like, he, um, the guy that actually kind of designed the kind of the puppetry and all of the mm. all the special effects that go with that. Um did both Alien and E.T., which is interesting. And so you can see some similarities, just like, I, I feel like like E.T.'s neck, how it can extend <laughs> really high up and stuff right. like that. It's kind of reminiscent of some of the movements mm. uh, and actions of the alien a little bit like that. Yeah. Obviously, they're very different species, and Alien would absolutely destroy E.T., <laughs> the xenomorph from Alien. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, E.T. wouldn't stand a chance at all, <laughs> you know, like, unless unless E.T. had time to to uh, put together a booby trap or right. something, like, maybe that's his only, that that might be his only chance, but otherwise, E.T. E.T. is a very clumsy alien. Yeah. You know, he's a very awkward alien, like, which makes him more, like, everything about E.T. is very, like, adorable and endearing except for how he looks. Right, <laughs> You know, yeah. like, he's very, like, um, awkward and stuff like that. Something else about the, about him that I thought was interesting is, you know, he's, he's, he is very smart, and you can kind of see that in his curiosity. Oh, yeah. Like, like, he's, he's always, like, wanting to, he's almost, he is childlike, in his actions of just like wanting to look at everything and touch everything. Yeah. And, you know, Elliot's like, no, don't touch that. No, don't go in there. Like, you can't eat that. And whenever he's showing him stuff, he's like very focused on it. Like, yeah. you know, he's very focused on it. However, I'm kind of surprised about how, um, um, despite him being so curious, he's like super skittish. Like, oh, it, like yeah. E.T. gets scared very easily. <laughs> like, it doesn't take much. Like, he'll touch something, and it'll fall over, and he'll be completely spooked by it. Like, <laughs> like he will scream and run. It's yeah. like, man, like, I don't know. Like, he's smart. He's curious. Yeah. But you think he would learn that well, when you touch something, it may fall over, and it may cause a noise. And, like, right. just chill, E.T. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. He definitely, like... It, it, uh, I kind of like that layer, though, because it, it gives him a, almost a personality yeah. that he's almost like this neurotic little botanist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, like he, he, he his personality extends beyond, uh, you know, whatever typical alien behavior you might think of. He is very skittish, though. Um, I wonder if sometimes that's, you know, played for laughs or, or whatever. Oh, for sure. I, I think so. And he's so. clearly, you know, not the, he's not a xenomorph, you know. He seems to be a very uh, um, fragile, I don't know if fragile is the right word, but, you know, he, he's a, he's susceptible. He's uh. a susceptible alien. Hmm. Um, other things about him that I, that I noticed that I feel like, um, I just feel like there's a lot of things that they did do right with him, at, you know, not only just like in, the character, the alien creature design, whatever, um, but also just thinking about how he interacts with things and how he learns things is I feel like sometimes on certain 
movies or shows or whatever, anytime there's like a character, human or otherwise, that like picks up on a on a language really quickly, uh-huh. I'm always kind of like skeptical of it because I'm like I feel like sometimes you watch something and it's just like oh all of a sudden they understand and they know English and they know what's going on and ET does kind of quickly pick up on the English language, right? You know. And so I, sometimes I feel like I watch something and I'm just like, I don't know if that creature would really be able to so easily pick up. But I mean, I but I think that they, they emphasize enough about how really intelligent E.T. is. And it does start very simply. Right. You know, and so I think he's just very observant and is able to kind of piece things together. So, like, I feel like I went with it. Like, I, I, was, I was totally okay with it. Um, you know, like... I feel like they they have a good balance of like coming up with a unique alien design while also making him still playful in a kid's movie and mm-hmm. um, and making it work with the story. So, um, so I feel like that that did make sense, and I did kind of enjoy his how he kind of did slowly learn. Like he didn't immediately pick up on it; he just slowly picked up on little words here and there, and then right um, they were able to t- and they were able to tie that skill into the movie as well, like him picking up certain words, you mm. know, were almost major plot points. So him, you know, finally saying phone home and things like that, E.T. phone home and yeah. these classic phrases and stuff like that that people, um, that well, people you know, remember. He, he never becomes conversational. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he knows enough to understand and to communicate. So, And he does have this connection with Elliot, so I, I don't know how that... That's true, too. So he might pick up on language a little easier through that. Yeah, yeah. And even, like, you know, just feeling what Elliot feels. So he can he can pick up on, you know, positive reinforcement in that way and, you know, understanding things. Mm. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about some of the filmmaking in this movie. Okay. Um, so this is obviously Steven Spielberg. Um, this is a post-Jaws Steven Spielberg um, had Indiana Jones come out around this time? Was that in um, mm. 82? Had the first one come out yet? Yeah, it was near um, near this time. Let me pull up. I did want to look at this. I did want to look at Spielberg Spielberg's filmography. Because he's Cause, still a pretty new director at this point. I mean, pretty, well. At, well, at least on really. like a. At least maybe on like a. Well, I don't know. You tell me. You. you like you've got it pulled up. So. I, he he came he he was a success I think pretty early on. Um, it maybe took him a few years to get rolling, but like his probably his one of his first biggest big movies was very big at the start. So right. um, I'm looking at this filmography here on um, Wikipedia, and there's like a short film he did in '68. Okay, um, I've never heard of, and then. Some television film, and then um, okay, it looks like something called the Sugarland Express in '74 was his theatrical directorial debut. Okay, but then '75 was Jaws. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty early on. I mean, obviously Jaws was huge. Yeah, and was like a game changer. I love Jaws. You know, that was kind of the first blockbuster, you know, type movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. That definitely started the idea of the summer blockbuster. And then he had Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77. Oh, I forgot that that, yeah, okay. That came first. That, that was his yeah. first alien movie. Okay. Um, and then 1941. 41? 
the mo- in 1979, oh. <laughs> the movie 1941, okay. which I actually have not heard of, but the cast is pretty impressive. I wonder how good it is for not having heard of it with this cast. It's, it's an American period war comedy film. Oh, Okay. That has Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Lee. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that movie either. Yeah. And then 81 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, so this okay. is definitely Indiana Jones. 82 to follow with E.T. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, he'd had like, quite a few. Like, he, he definitely big, big. He developed. He was big time. He developed his di- uh, director but voice. But this is probably his first kids movie, Okay, I would say. Because, I, I, I don't know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I'm sure kids went and saw it. But I think some of it is not as, certainly not as kid-friendly as E.T. Right. You know? For sure. Um, So E.T. was kind of an interesting one for him, I think. Yeah, it really does seem to be a culmination of a lot of his technique. Uh Um, And one of the things I noticed um, was there's a lot of of point-of-view shots Okay. For E.T., like especially in the chase mm. sequence in the beginning. Yeah, true. Um, which I immediately just made me think about um, the potential limitations with the puppet hmm. and how as a little, you know, filmmaking workaround, you know, perhaps going into point of view, which made me think as well about the last time he did, at least in my, in my, I'd have to rewatch some of those movies you're talking about, Um but, uh, you know, there's a lot of point-of-view shots in Jaws as well. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that was definitely due to limitations, limitations. With, with the shark because mm-hmm. that shark apparently gave them a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, you know, classic Hollywood history. Um, but, yeah, so there's a lot of um, a lot of point-of-view shots from E.T.'s point of view, um, and it really does seem to be like, you know... It, E.T.'s story. You know, it's not Elliot's story. It's E.T.'s story. Because yeah. we start with uh, E.T. and then we the movie's over when E.T. leaves, pretty much. Right. You know, there's no, you know. Yeah, we're following him from the start. He doesn't just show up. Right. At Elliot's back door. Right. We know who he is and what happened to him. And Yeah. I agree with that. And I like that. Um, it is E.T.'s story. He's the he's the title character. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> However, I think we use Elliot to understand E.T. Like, Elliot is us. Right. But he's very much observing E.T. like we are, you know? Right. So, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of point of view shots, which, again, I think probably reinforces the fact that, you know, this is his story. Um, a lot of classic, you know... Uh, light flares and silhouettes that's a very spielberg thing to do um another thing i noticed um which i thought was interesting and what uh, an interesting visual storytelling idea is that we've we see very few adult faces in this movie yes i think that's interesting and i'm not sure if i 100 percent understand some of the decisions behind it okay what are your thoughts I'm still kind of working on it. Like you definitely yeah. see mom, right, um, Mary? Yes, and um, and I wonder if a lot of that has to do with like, sort of, um, sort of appealing to this child's perspective that ET has. You know, because I mean, we don't know how old ET is. We don't know if age means anything where he's from, but he definitely takes on a child's perspective because of his connection with Elliot. Mm. 
So um, as children, um, I think there's a lot that goes on with adults that we don't understand when we're kids. And there's a lot of like, I, I just feel like watching the movie, I felt very similar to how I felt when I watched it as a child. I, obviously, I was still I was able to pick up on things a lot better um, now than I did then, but it still gave me that that feeling of when you're a kid and things are happening and you don't really know what's happening or why they're happening, but you're like, you know, you're on, you're down for the ride. Um, so I wondered if part of the decision with seeing fewer adult faces was just sort of limiting, you know, seeing a lot of adults um, other than your mom, you know, you're very familiar with your mom's face, mm, mm-hmm. um, but there's adults doing things and, and there, it's not personal to you when you're a child. Like it, it almost kind of made me think of like Muppet Babies. Um, yeah. How they've got a nanny and they just see your legs. You know, it's, it's, right. it's just that, I, not that, not that children don't see adults' faces, but it just, if you're going to try to appeal to a child's perspective cinematically, I think that's an effective device to use for that. And it especially helps with the bad guys and helping them be a little more foreboding. Cause I don't know if I'd seen, if I'd seen Key's face the first time, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have been as intimidated by him. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting decision. So kind of our, and I don't even know, like he seems like he's going to be the antagonist. For sure. You know what I mean? Um, because it's like, he's the, so basically you just see this guy, with these keys jangling, and you see the every time he's walking by, his keys are jangling. <laughs> yeah. No matter what the situation, he's always got those keys attached to his belt loop, and so it's like he's kind of the main guy that we focus on chasing ET at the very beginning, mm. um, and then he's the guy we kind of follow into the into the house when they're finally they finally find ET. The government finally finds ET, and mm-hmm. they're tenting the house and all that stuff. Even when he's in his suit, you hear the keys jangling. Right. And when he's in his, like, hazmat suit or whatever. Um, So, and then they do this kind of reveal with him, right? Like, when he finally enters the room, enters the house, it does kind of this looking up shot where finally his face is revealed. Yeah. And I always feel weird. I always don't understand. Like, I feel like I've seen that done before in movies when it's, like, it's almost, it almost sometimes breaks the fourth wall where it's, like, they reveal the face like, oh, you know who this is. Right. You, like, you may know who this actor is or something like that. Like, it's a big surprise that this actor is in this movie or yeah. whatever. And it's like, oh, it's him. Um, but I personally didn't know this guy. Um, the actor's name is, uh, well, I mean, it's a cool name, Peter Coyote. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like I looked up like, okay, was he someone? Which he obviously had been in some things before, but nothing that I, certainly nothing... This is probably his biggest role up to this point from what I can see. Like, he had a few acting gigs. Certainly, he was at the start of his career looking at his filmography here. Um, so this and so I thought that was kind of weird. I was just like, oh, like, it almost seemed like when it finally revealed it, because it seemed like it was going to be a big deal. We haven't seen his face this whole time. Right. His keys have been jangling. What could that mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they never even give him a name. He's just credited as Keys. Yeah, in the credits. And, you know, and to me, sometimes it's just like, I think I've seen this. I think I've. I get this kind of feeling like Spielberg is obviously, you know, a genius and he's done so many great films and has such a distinct look or distinct, um, yeah, look to his films and and things like that. But sometimes I feel like he just has an idea that he thinks is like very cinematic or very (laughs) cool and he just does it even if it's not necessarily 
always serving the story. Okay, yeah. So I don't know. Like, it, it didn't really do much for me. And, like, it felt like the face reveal almost seemed, like, disappointing. It was, like, I was really looking forward to, like, okay, what is this guy? What's the deal with this guy? And it's, like, oh, well, he's just a dude. Right. And then he ends up being kind of nice. Like, yeah. he, like, identifies with the boy. And, of course, he makes the mistake of allowing Elliot to stay behind to view E.T.'s dead body. <laughs> Had he not done that, um, he wouldn't have seen E.T. come alive and they wouldn't have concocted the plan to get E.T. out of there. Right. So, you know, like, there was all these little things. Um, yeah, that is kind of an interesting, because, again, you know, the movie's very, a ton of visual storytelling, not a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. kind of just trust the audience to, to make these connections. And so, um, yeah, it, it is a little, it does feel a little bit like a bait and switch where you think this guy is going to be, like, this really bad guy, um, but then he's, not like he just has this job where he's yeah. looking for aliens i guess and honestly like i feel like none of the government people really seemed that bad like he right he, i don't think he really like villainized um any of them for the most part yeah you know like they're definitely chasing him but they they weren't like mean to the kids right they weren't like get out of here kid like Elliot just hung around for the whole et death scene like I feel yeah. like in any other movie they would be like get that kid out of here right you know and you know the kid would scream and be chained up in the other room for his own good yeah, yeah. you know but like I mean they were pretty lax on a lot of things like I kind of like that though because it, if anything it kind of helps reinforce this idea of perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, Spielberg isn't here to villainize these adults. He's yeah. just saying that like they don't understand. It's pure it's pure like ignorance on their part mm-hmm. and not seeing ET the way that they, you know, that Elliot sees him and so um mm-hmm. it's it's purely just a situation of, you know, there's obvious like very strong conflict. But the conflict is not because, you know, they're so evil. It's just because yeah. they don't understand. I do feel like as a kid, though, I did feel like they were all bad. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, like, why are they doing that? You know, yeah. like, I feel like there's, like, I, I really felt Elliot's feelings, like, how angry he was. But as an adult, I'm like, well, they're being pretty reasonable here. Right. Like, honestly, if anything, I feel like they could be a little they really should be a little tougher because it's like they don't know what E.T. is. They don't know what kind of, you know, viruses that he's got on him that could be infecting everyone. Like, yeah, they tent everything up, but they're pretty lax with, like, their sterile technique and stuff like that. Like, the boy is right there next to him the whole time. Right. And, you know, um, they make the comment, like, oh, you broke sterile field, but, like, nobody cares. When he dies, they all, like, take off their gear. Like, oh, he's <laughs> dead now, so what can he do to us? And it's like... I mean, he could still infect you, you yeah. know, like there could be, he could have some kind of radiation from his planet or something that, that could be affecting everyone. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like, I, you know, some of it, they're pretty lax, but you know, it's a movie, so, you know, that I, I think from, a, you know, like from a child's perspective for children mostly. So it's, it didn't affect me too much, but like right. they definitely, I didn't think villain, villainized the people or not, including our, what I thought was kind of our main antagonist. You know, yeah. Um, now they do have the part where it almost gets bad right before the final little flight scene. Yes, where um, they're semi barricading the road. They never fully barricade the road, right? Um, when when they're doing the big chase scene at the end with all the boys on the bikes, uh, but then there are the there are like the two guys 
holding like shotguns or whatever. And so they, they did have guns, but, um, you know, they never point them at the kids. Yeah. You know, like they definitely like that's as far as they go with villainizing um, the uh, government men, policemen. So anyway, so yeah, so I guess our I guess our antagonists were just the, you know, government men, policemen and stuff, even though, I don't know, they didn't really seem that bad to me, but I guess they got to be. You know, E.T.'s got to get chased by somebody. Right, right, so. exactly. So did you have um, a favorite character? Hmm. Well, because I I don't know that, if I'm thinking about when I first saw it, I don't know that I had a favorite character at the time necessarily. Like, if I had to guess who my favorite character in the movie would have been when I watched it as a child, um, I guess I'd probably say probably Drew Barrymore. Oh, really? Yeah, just because I was a little girl, she's a little girl, mm-hmm. and she's kind of funny. Um, so she probably would have been the one that... And I w- it's, favorite's a strong word. I think I just identified with her in the story. Um, she was definitely... How old do you think you were when you first saw it? Probably older than she's supposed to be in the movie, but not so much older that I couldn't yeah. like relate to her. Yeah. Um, I might have been... Five or six, maybe. Okay. If so I, I think, had to guess. I think she's probably about five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's about what that I thought. That's about right. Um, favorite character now. Hmm. I like the older brother a lot. Interesting. What's his name again? Is it Michael? Michael. That sounds right. I do like the older brother a lot. Hmm. And I, I kind of think it's because he seems to have the most distinct arc yeah. of anybody in the movie. That's probably pretty fair. Um, yeah, because he, you know, he's definitely like kind of the the mean older brother when we first meet him, pushing mm-hmm. his you know little brother around, um, and then you know pretty quickly, uh, once ET kind of comes into the picture, he's like you know all on board to like yeah. help out with this. Um, he just you know really changed him and. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I'd say Michael. How hmm. about how about you then and now? You, I don't know if you if you're like me and maybe have trouble thinking of a then character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, probably just as a kid, I probably just like ET. Yeah, I just thought you know I thought it was funny. You know, like to me, that's mostly what the movie was as a kid. It was, um, which I think the movie is is has layers. You oh, know, yeah. I think definitely you can get different things out of it. At any age, and, For but sure. as a kid, you know, I thought, oh, E.T.'s funny, and he's clumsy, and it's funny, and but he has these funny lines, and I like his voice, you know. I always like to imitate voices and stuff as a kid. <laughs> so I thought he was funny. He had these good little one-liners, um, and he's got powers, you know. So I don't know. So I, I think definitely as a kid, like E.T., even though he's not super cute, like he successfully, <laughs> you know, kind of grabbed me. Um, yeah. As a kid, I feel like I feel like characters like that. I always. Um, I always liked. He reminded me a little bit. Um, he kind of reminds me some of his the things he does. Remind me of another um, character from another movie that I really enjoyed. Uh, I don't know if he's in, he may there may have been some inspiration. Um, this other character may have been inspired a little bit by E.T. I'd be curious, um, but. Um, from the movie Short Circuit. Oh, yeah. Johnny Five, which came out in 86. Okay. Um, 
he kind of has that that wide face yeah. with those very kind of expressive eyes. Mm. Um, and he can be clumsy, clumsy sometimes. You know, he doesn't walk like humans walk. Right. Uh, you know, and um, and he's very curious and playful and um, has these little, you know, also has these little one-liners and is looking to understand things, but is also very smart. Yeah. Um, so I always love, I, I really loved Short Circuit as a kid. <laughs> I watched that much more than, than E.T., I would say, but... Um, but those types of characters, I think, did grab me as a as a kid. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I I think you may have convinced me a little bit about um about Michael though. Okay. I, I don't nece- I don't think I necessarily came for away from this movie with a super strong favorite. It was just like everybody was was good and well written, and I thought they all did great. But there wasn't necessarily a strong character that really stood out. I think uh, I think Michael is a really good character, though. Like, yeah. like you described, you know, like he definitely starts off, you know, when he's hanging out with his friends. He's kind of, um, I think he, I think he's a really good, I think he's a good kid. You know, he's just when he's hanging around his older friends. You know, it's easy to pick on the little brother. Right. You know, it's showing off and stuff like that a little bit, um, and. Um, and things like that, and just kind of being lazy, not wanting to do the dishes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think, like, when um, I do, I do really like the scene where Elliot first reveals ET to Michael. Oh yeah, that where is cool. Michael like comes back and he's joking around with them, still giving him a hard time. But when Elliot's like seemingly very serious, he's like, "No, seriously, turn around. You have to close your eyes. Promise you, close your eyes." Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. And he go and he finally goes along with it. Like, fine, fine, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I feel like any other. I feel like some kid, if he was truly a jerk, mm. big brother, he would just be. He would still be messing with them and not listen to him. But he's right. like, finally, like whenever he was like, no, seriously, just do it. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah. And he yeah. plays along and does it, and of course, you know, has the big reveal where he's just shocked. Um, I think is like a really real moment. Yeah. Um. And I do think it's interesting as well. Something I hadn't thought about is um, even though he didn't have the level of connection to E.T. that Elliot did, there's certainly still a connection there, which I think kind of just shows, you know, E.T. was such a, you know, special creature or whatever. Yeah. um, You know, all three of the kids, like, grew to love him. And, like, Michael was very attached even though he didn't necessarily have this weird this weird like supernatural or whatever connection with right. them. Um he was still very emotional and did everything he could to help E. T. So I, I, I agree. Like he definitely kinda has that arc. He, I think he was always a good kid, but like I feel like it really kinda showed um showed um his growth throughout. Um so yeah I guess I'd probably I probably would agree with you there. Yeah. And say him, you okay. know. Um, so I thought he was um, he was an interesting character to see develop. Yeah, and I, I think he, he's, if, if this is an appropriate segue into what if E.T. were remade today, mm-hmm. um, I think that they probably would have pr- pushed the, the jerk factor a lot more yeah. with him mm-hmm. if he was like a... a a brother character that they wrote today. I think mm-hmm. you you kind of pegged in where it's like, no, he's just a kid, and he 
he, you know, falls in and does things that kids do. They don't want to do the dishes. They show off for their friends. Like, you know, those things don't make a kid bad. You know, they just Mm -hmm. make them, you know, human. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think that if this movie were remade today, Michael would probably be much more of like a caricature of an older brother. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that he would be involved in the in the the secret keeping and you know they might even potentially make him an antagonist and that maybe he finds out and tells you know i don't Mm. know like i don't know why i imagine that as michael's fate in a remake um but uh yeah i uh i like what they did with him but so if et were remade today what Mm. do you what do you think they would do with it Hmm. et today they would have definitely redesigned him i feel like i felt like he would have like we already mentioned like he would probably look way different Mm. from a practical standpoint i mean he would be all cg i don't think they would have done any of the puppetry or um costuming and and stuff like that that they did you know they'd probably just cg him into everything um which i think just wouldn't have looked nearly as natural like you know i like the idea that they were able to just throw a a ghost bed sheet over him <laughs> yeah. and have him waddle around like they, you know, I mean, I, maybe they, I guess they could have had a, I guess if they do that, they could not have to CG that part. But I just right. feel like I like the, just how natural, you know, everything seemed. Um, well, and even getting the performances from the children, getting to interact with. The oh yeah, puppet, for sure. You know, if that was like, you know, a tennis ball on a stick you know, it would not nearly have the same level of, of authenticity to mm-hmm. it in the kids' performances, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know anything about the, you know, the production of the movie, but, you know, part of me wonders, like, I wonder if they kept the puppet a secret from the kids. Mm-hmm. I wonder if when Michael did turn around, was that the first time that that actor saw that puppet? You know, like, how much mm-hmm. of this played it? I mean, I'm speculating completely, yeah. but... I could see them doing that because I did read that they... For the most part, it seems like they did film this movie chronologically. Oh yeah, with the purpose of having the children be more invested and be able to show the emotion that goes with that progression of the story. You okay. know, of discovering ET, hiding ET, talking and learning with ET, to having to save ET and say goodbye to ET. So, I feel like that is a very real thing that they wouldn't. You can't. You wouldn't be able to recapture with with a CG. Oh yeah, like um, even if they creature. had, you know, if they did like the Andy Circus thing where they had an actor stand mm-hmm. in for ET that the kids could interact with, it still isn't going to engage their imagination like actually seeing yeah. the creature. I do have a love, a love for that. The yeah. classic um, creature designs and puppets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, it's going to be a lost art. Oh, yeah. Um, at some point. Um, I think also not only would his just like creature design be probably cuter, um, I, I'm afraid that they would mess with his voice. Like his voice oh. is so iconic, yeah. In how he just mutters out these words, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It, like I just love like his little voice, A little gravelly, you know. Um, and so I wondered if they would try to make it cute or make him. You know, I feel like I'm always worried about if they remade something, they'd turn him into a minion or something like that <laughs> right. from, um, 
from those movies, Despicable yeah. Me, and um, and so I I you know like I could see them just like wanting to memeify everything, oh, yeah. you know, like not just like oh what's what's gonna be the funniest thing for kids to quote to each other, you know, like it's yeah, like not not thinking about what's integral to the story here, but uh-huh. what's gonna like what's gonna fly with the kids in the pop culture, uh huh, yeah, well, and like I probably the closest thing that I could think of. It's not a direct remake of E.T., but I don't know if you remember this movie that we saw a couple years ago. I don't... Is the name of it Echo? Do you remember watching this movie where it's these... Oh, yeah. It's like the found footage type one where it's the kids find the little... Was it a robot or was it an alien? Well, it was both, I think. Oh, robot alien. Yeah, Transformer something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not actually, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Just like a little... I'm sure that was all CG. But, like, if you remember, that thing was pretty cute. Yeah. And it was totally CG. Uh And I think its voice was robotic in a way, but it was, like, high-pitched, which is adorable, Uh you know? So it was like, or something like that. And they were like, oh, we're, like, communicating with it or something. Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of story in that kids find an alien and try to get it back home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, that's probably where the similarities end. Um with this movie, I don't think any of the kids had like a like, that connection that Elliot and E.T. had, but it's that same idea. Um, I want to look up and make sure that that's the name of that movie. I'm I think it is. Echo? That yeah. sounds right. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's probably yeah. a pretty good indicator of, of a lot of the things that they would do with a remake of the, of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, um, speaking of the voice, I, I, I did think it was interesting. I did look up a little bit, like, how they how they did his his voice. Okay. And I think they used a lot of different voices, like, and kind of combined them, and I'm sure, like, edited them and stuff like that to kind of make it a little bit unique. But I think kind of one of the predominant pieces to his final voice, um, to give him that little kind of raspy, you know, uh-huh. quality that he has, um, is, I mean, they straight up, I think, that the voice actress or whatever um, was um, was just like a a woman who was a chain smoker. Really? <laughs> and so she naturally had like a rasp to her voice. Oh wow! And so I think like one of the largest <laughs> pieces that had that raspiness is was this uh, woman who had a. Uh, and I looked up and she's actually the um, she she hasn't done a ton of work, but she also um, did a voice in Return of the Jedi. So this is when yes. Princess Leia's in disguise oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Jabba's okay. palace as like this bounty hunter um, Boosh or something, I think yeah. is his name. Um, she's in disguise. Yes, yes. Oh, I man, think that's it's the same. On. Yeah, it's the same voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. It's like as soon as you said Return of the Jedi, I was like, I did hear that voice in Return of the Jedi, but I couldn't peg yeah. exactly where it was. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fun home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's crazy. So anyway, so um, I don't know if they'd go there today or not, but I uh, I did like that. Anything else you think would have been different about it if it were made today? I'm sure it would be far more expositional. I'm sure that, you Yeah, know, the storytelling is not, the way it was told is not really done as much today, definitely. I think yeah. kids' movies... You know, 
over-explain everything. They don't just... Potentially dumb things down a little bit. Too yeah, much. they don't leave things to mystery. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's part... Yeah, a lot, and I, I've already said this, but, you know, a lot of the visual storytelling in, in E.T., you know, is stuff that the audience can figure out. But then there's just some stuff that it's like, we don't really need to know. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like that, and I appreciate that, um, because it's not integral to the story that they're telling. You know, they're not yeah. they're not getting into the weeds on... on a and lot I, of detail. And, you know, and, you know, it probably depends. Maybe it's unfair to just say, you know, like, oh, if it was made today, like, they would make all these mistakes. But, I mean, I feel like big companies like Disney. Oh, yeah. With some of their remakes. It's like, I mean, they legit, legitimately are, are, are doing stuff like that. So, like, I feel like with, like, yeah. the Beating the Beast remake, not to get too much into that. <sighs> but, um you know, they felt the need to uh, try to explain all these little things, these little plot potential plot holes and stuff that people have talked about over the years. Yeah. You know, like they take the time to really try to, you know, fix like, you know, the timeline is is slightly off. You know, the years that we say don't fit with the age of, um, you know, the beast right. and whatever happened to Belle's mother. Like, do we, you know, we definitely need to make sure we explain that because people have been wondering for years and it's like, this is our chance to to explain every <sighs> little thing. And it's like, that's just not the point. And so, right. you know, that's the fear is, you know, like this is, these are the types of things that you worry about happening. I like how simple it is, you know, like it's starts with him arriving and ends with him leaving, you know, and it's just a progression of how how he gets from point A to B, basically. Yeah. So I, I do like the simplicity of it. There's, there's, but it, it's simple, but it has layers. I mean, it, it really is a good combination of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those that's easy for, I think, a kid to watch and still enjoyable for, um, for adults. So definitely. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the rewatch. Yeah, I did as well. All right, that's it for episode three of the VHS Academy. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.